welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, Echo Church. Stockmans are so happy to be with you. Uh, we're just honored to be with yes, you. You're some of our most favorite people. Good morning. Good morning. Cheers. Cheers. Here's to, to coffee with the Stockmans. Happy Sunday morning. It's autumn here. What, what season are you guys in? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're in a season, just like we all are. We're seasonal yeah. beings. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're excited to talk about relationships. Uh, we love that you guys have been in a series on uh, people. Uh, people are very people-y. <laughs> <laughs> Humans. This love thing would just be so simple, right? If we were just receiving all day from the Father and we didn't have one another to come with our humanness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, you know, let's just start off with uh, the greatest text that we all really do know. And, you know, it just kind of centers us and kind of our goal today is to talk about connection to talk about a growing connection. I think of it like a triangle where first we're receiving from the Father Mm -hmm. always. It's our first position from that place in 1 John that He loved us first. Mm -hmm. And it's where we get our identity, our significance, where all of it lines up together. And then we have one another. And we're just, uh, that's the place that we get to learn how to sacrifice, how to lay down our lives for one another Mm -hmm. with the goal of still releasing love and honor to God, others, as we love ourselves. And so this is just such a a great uh, honor to do this. So let's read this and uh, then we will pray. So 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Oh, man. We've been working on that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's been working on that one. <laughs> it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Mm. Would you like to pray? Yeah, so we just thank you, Jesus, that Mm. you are love. Yeah. That um, it's not just a feeling or an idea or an attribute, but it is the very nature of our God, that you are the definition of love. So we just celebrate. We celebrate you this morning. We thank you um, for all your beautiful people at Echo Church. And every single one of them, right where they're at, I thank you that they are loved. And I just pray that this would be a morning of digesting that love in a deeper, more profound way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we'll just start with the, the beginning of that, that text. And, I, and I've asked you guys this question before. Um, you know, it starts out with love is patient. And a lot of times we look towards how are we being patient with others? Mm-hmm. And 
And I, and I love that question. How are you being patient with your spouse, with your children, with friendships, with uh, enemies, with people you disagree with? How are you being patient with them? But we love to also ask ourselves the question, how are you being patient with yourself like the Father is patient with you? And patience is it's so interesting that they start out with patience because patience has a long game um, in yeah. it. It's not just a moment. It actually it has an attitude of being centered first on who God is, but then who you are to allow yourself to show up to your relationships with, um, with strength, being empowered yeah. as you actually point your love towards them. So love is patient, but how are you also being patient with you? Yeah. Especially in the season we're in, guys. Um, with this virus, we're all experiencing so much and we can be feeling anxious, we can be feeling overwhelmed, we can be feel like we're not accomplishing enough, we can feel stagnant, we can also feel super creative. But in all of it, how are you continually being patient with yourself? And we've said this before, but we know that um, in this area of just being patient, it allows you to relax into who the Father is. Mm -hmm. And there's not a more centered place than relaxing into God is. God is not in a hurry. If you guys notice, we notice one thing about Jesus is he's not in a hurry. He takes a long time to do something suddenly. And this is kind of when we set goals for ourselves, we set growth goals, we set marriage goals. These are all super important when we set goals for our children. These are all really, really good things. But they have to be centered in that place of being patient. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And, you know, love isn't something we do, it's, it's who we become. So our greatest assignment on the earth um, is, is to love. And so our greatest assignment is not what we're going to accomplish on the earth, but it's actually who we're becoming on the earth. And so patience isn't an attribute that we just really work uh, to develop into our life through discipline and rigidity. Um, patience is uh, the nature of our God. And so it, it is who we become inside of him. And so, uh, you know, if we find ourselves being impatient, uh, short, mm. critical, jabby, um, we don't first work on that. Yeah. We, we first uh, step back into that place of abiding because all fruit in our life, John 15 says, uh, if we want it to be eternal fruit, it comes from a place of abiding in Him. Mm. So we, we first are invited to abide inside of His patience, inside of His nature. And from that place, fruit in our relationships starts to change um, because we start to change. That's so good, Jen. And you know, the nature of a religious spirit is it's constantly um, pushing us and bullying us mm. into giving away more than what we've become. 
So the emphasis in a religious spirit is always on our performance. Yeah. Do more, do more, do more, do more. You're not good at this. You're not enough in this. You're failing in this. Um, but, you know, Jesus came with an entirely different uh, mindset, an entirely different message with the kingdom being at hand. And everything in the kingdom begins with abundance. Wow. It begins with overflow. So, you know, really giving from a pure heart means I'm giving from who I am. I, I'm not giving because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I'm not doing this because this is what I'm supposed to do. It's out of the overflow of I have become so much of the nature of God, the nature of patience from that place of abiding that it, when I get squeezed, um, it's coming up and out, not because it's supposed to, but it's because of my identity in Him. So good. Yeah, and we know that identity is the, the, the center of all the fruit, all the growth, all the things that we long to do in our relationships. Identity has to be um, the center. And we know that we get our identity from our Father, that we begin to look like our Father as we follow His Son, as we follow Jesus. And following Jesus didn't just happen on that day that we said yes to Him and we got born again. It's an everyday choice to stay connected to, uh, to Jesus in that way. And this is why, uh, you know, connection is, is so important to just stop and be able to ask him questions and ourself questions. And we know <clears throat> in the Stockman household, it's just been a season of growth. It's been, been a season of really growing on purpose. And, you know, if you ever start to feel stagnant in your lives, one of the greatest tools you can say is this very human place of saying, I need some help. And, you know, me personally, I've been receiving some counseling and some coaching and having people speak into my life. But there's times and seasons where, you know, the way to get connected is actually to stop and realize, hey, I have some deficits in my life that my life isn't looking like it's following Jesus. And so I've been receiving some coaching just here recently in the last month. And during one of the sessions where I was just saying, help, I, I need to, I, I long to grow. And um, the, the person that I was working with uh, said this thing that really has just begun to sit with me this last month. And uh, she was telling me that uh, Dallas Willard someone asked him a question and the question was if you could describe jesus in one word what would that be and she ended up um he ended up saying ah, give me a day to think about it and so he came back to the individual the next day and said if i could describe jesus in one word it would be relaxed <laughs> and it hit me like a ton of bricks and in my personality, in the mm -hmm. way I am, I, I so long to grow, but I think a lot of times it'll look like striving to do what's right, striving to obey His commandments, and that is a, a place of, of trying to do that from love. But if it comes out of from striving rather than being relaxed, it produces the exact opposite fruit than what I'm tr longing to produce in my life. 
And this place of being relaxed, this place of just these deep breaths in him allows us to really have some soil to grow so much in. And we all long to be practical in our growth, but I think some of that practicals come from these attitudes from our heart that look like patience, that look like being kind, that look like relaxing in the arms of the Father. And that allows us to stay out of striving, mm -hmm. but then it allows us to really um, move forward and bear some fruit that we are all, as sons and daughters of God, longing to bear. And we know, um, we know the fruit of the Spirit. And so I just want you to sit there and you're in your homes or wherever you're at and sit back and just relax in him. Just take a big, deep breath and relax in him. Mm -hmm. And that is a place where growth can actually mature growth in our connections by first receiving from a relaxed God. And it allows us to uh, very much be able to move forward in these areas of connecting with others as we're connected to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you know, one real practical way um, to grow in this is uh, this this word we've really been growing in <laughs> this last couple of whiles, a whiles, and <laughs> uh, it's self differentiation. Mm that um, I don't become your anxiety. So, you know, to truly love the person in front of us, um, we have to have a capacity to remain um, in a self-differentiated way that I don't lose myself in the presence of your storm. Mm -hmm. I don't lose myself in the presence of your anxiety. Um, so good. That, you know, enmeshment is the opposite of self-differentiation, where I can't see where your emotions end and mine begin. I can't see where your desires end and mine begin. I can't see. There's no separation between your storm and my storm. Mm -hmm. And we can't uh, manifest heaven and manifest love without practicing being a separate self. And in marriage relationships, in close relationships, um, this takes intentional work. And yeah. Jesus, um, Jesus did it so well. He is our model of what healthy self-differentiation looks like. And you know, I've learned through experience in my relationship with him. I remember uh, one time, you know, I was super stressed out in a meeting you probably couldn't see it on the outside, but on the inside, I was sitting in a meeting, the things that were being talked about were triggering me. Anybody ever been triggered mm. into um, just this real anxious space? And the next morning I was just talking it through with Jesus and I see this flash in the meeting and I'm back in that spot and Jesus is sitting in my seat and he has his legs crossed. Mm. He's super relaxed. <laughs> and he's eating a granola bar. And I was shocked. I was like, I was in the middle of a panic attack and you were having a snack. And you know, uh, he is carefree, mm. not careless. Mm. 
Yeah. And it's really good on job. the earth, we we can be taught in our family of origins through culture that love looks like I become wor- one with your worry. I become mm. one with your anxiety. On, to so truly good. love you, I have to feel what you're feeling. And that is not the standard of love that Jesus is. Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> biblically one example, there's tons, was when his closest friends, his disciples, these these were his most intimate connections. Uh, they're they're all in a storm. And the disciples had internalized the storm until they became one with the storm. So they were as freaked out as the storm was. And they're like, we are going to die. And Jesus was completely in a different space than the storm. He was a different space than the circumstance, than the disciples, his closest friends. And he was sleeping in the cabin of the ship. And his friends were so offended that they they told the Messiah, the God who put on human flesh and sacrificed every. Well, <laughs> we just totally got cut off there. We talked for another ten no. minutes, and it was just glorious. It was so good. It was so good. It was so Felt good. the Holy Spirit just <laughs> resting on us, and. The camera shut off. Mm. We're actually not professional videographers. We are definitely this not. Is, this is absolutely our love for you. <laughs> we love you guys. Well, part we, two. Part two. Jesus was taught, not Jesus, Jen. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I get them confused. We're going to be talking about a mesh We cause problems. <laughs> There's problems when you get us confused. <laughs> so Jen was talking about. Uh, differentiation in the context of Jesus in the book. Yes, yeah. And so just the beauty um, in the way Jesus lived was he was able to bring heaven to the earth because he was not one with the earth. Yeah. He was not one with the experience of circumstance, the experience of the people around him. He He was having his own experience that did not get enmeshed and so to truly lay down our lives as the highest standard of love and live like he did we have to have a life to lay down yeah and we have to know the boundaries and the borders of what makes me me and what makes you you yeah and I even love the distinction between Father Son and Holy Spirit that they are one yet they're separate and it's just so helpful as we just move um, forward with the longing to be one as um, you know the, the Lord's Prayer in John 17, that we are one in the Father because Jesus is one in the Father. And we are invited into that connected, present relationship, which actually empowers us to do the things that we're longing to, to reign in life, to be those that are so connected one to another, but are still distinct, that are still self-differentiated from one another rather than enmeshed. And enmeshment really does look like chaos. And it really looks like a place of striving to try to be one. And I think that's a lot where um, 
I have been at times in my life where I'm striving to be one with those around me, to be one with leaders, to be one with friends, to be one with Jen, to be one with my kids. Um, in Christ, yet it comes out of this place of anxiety. It comes out of this place of agreement. It comes out of these places that are not unity. And I love what it says here in Ephesians 4. And I know that Justin has been taking you guys through Ephesians 4 in such a beautiful place of, of looking at healthy relationships. But it says this in Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the call to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bonds of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope, that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then you know it goes on to describe the beautiful gifts of the fivefold, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. And I am just, you know, it's a great look into relationship. It's a great look into self-differentiation that each one of those uh, grace gifts are such a gift to the church, but they are all so unique and distinct. And one of the things that amazes me is it doesn't look like agreement when it comes to those guys. It doesn't look like they have the same exact thought to reach the lost, to preach the gospel, to see the kingdom come, to, to prophesy. They all come with their distinction, their individual giftings, which then allows uh, them to stay connected. And this is even what Jen and I are so continually growing in, that I am not enmeshed into who she is. Her thoughts, her feelings, her dreams, her desires, I so care about. But when I begin to um, enmesh myself into her thoughts, her dreams, her desires, and lose myself in her, that is not loving her. That is not helping her. That is not serving her in the way that Christ served us. And Jen's, you know, just moment when she was talking about Jesus in the boat, that he was above their anxiety. And he brought peace. He brought that place of being relaxed and being himself to their freaked out storm that they were in. And a lot of times we look, we think uh, to love somebody, I have to lose myself. And that is definitely not love. We know that the greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy strength, all thy mind. And the second is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. This triangle of love looks like always receiving from the Father and laying down your lives for others as you continually stay patient and kind and distinct. And that actually allows you to show up in true humility. And I love this. This starts out um, 
what, what I just read with all humility. And humility is actually a key to being distinct. Humility is a key to recognizing the glory, the goodness on others that are around you, but still seeing um, yourself the way the Father sees you. And this is why we need that place of patience with ourselves. We need that place of, of living life in um, the peace, in the alignment of who we are, the, our body, mind, soul, and spirit aligned in this context of peace. And when Jesus was speaking to the storm, he proclaimed peace to the storm. And this is the same thing about being distinct in our relationships where I can show up to Jen, not based on our agreement, but based on my love and honor for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that real practically, uh, our language, you know, that Danny Silk has gifted us is just living powerful. So basically, um, the difference between living powerful and powerless is um, powerful people know what we're in charge of. Mm. And we are in charge of ourselves. Wow. And uh, I cannot be in charge of another human being. And that means I'm in charge of my dreams. Um, it's, it's, it's not my pastor's responsibility. Wow. It's not Justin's responsibility. I'm in charge of my relationship with God. It's, it's no one's else responsibility to cultivate and nurture that responsibility. I'm in charge of my growth. Mm. If, if I don't have the nutrients in my life that I need to grow, I'm in charge of getting them. Wow. I, I'm in charge of my desires. You know, if I desire something that Justin doesn't desire, and then I get resentful um, because he's not working harder than I am for my desires to come true, um, it's the definition of living powerless. Wow. And I'm in charge of knowing my needs and and making sure my needs are getting met. And sometimes we we get triggered because we haven't grown up and out of you know, um, our immature ways of, of dealing with relationships that we learned um, in childhood. Yeah. And so the definition of immature communication is you should just know. Uh -oh. you know? And so uh -oh. when we start to build a culture that love looks like, oh, he just knew. I didn't even have to say anything. Like when that's the standard of love, oh yeah, my pastor, he just knew and I just felt so loved because he just knew mm. and we make that a watermark of feeling loved wow. we are settling for immaturity we are living way below our capacity for for powerful living because really the only people that we should have to guess in a relationship with are infants who do not have words wow. <laughs> you know? and anybody that has raised a baby knows um, it, it, it is confusing and they're screaming because they're trying to communicate something and you're like, okay, I fed you, I changed you, I burped you, I walked around a thousand times mm. and they're still screaming. Finally, you take off their left sock and then they stop screaming and you're like, oh, relief. It was the left sock. <laughs> and you know, the, the guessing game serves babies it serves infants yeah. um, and 
And so if we're, if we're not developing the skill of communicating and, and learning ourselves, um, like, oh, I'm triggered, I'm upset because I have a need. I need a boundary here. I need more affirmation here. I need to feel respected here. Wow. That if we're not cultivating that understanding of ourself and then inserting our needs through our words, then we are getting it in controlling and manipulative ways, probably unconsciously. None of us are waking up in the morning and thinking, I want to be a controlling and manipulative wife. <laughs> I want to be a controlling and manipulative friend. But if we are not communicating with words, if we're not doing the wow. work of feeling triggered, feeling deficits in our relationships, mm. and then actually owning it and having to be brave wow. and insert ourselves and sometimes feel awkward, look awkward, because we're not we're not used to that level of vulnerability because you know the bible constantly jesus is constantly saying ask and it will be given to you yeah ask ask yeah. knock keep knocking <laughs> and uh you know it's it's the opposite of of what culturally we can expect in relationships wow. well you'll just know and I expect you to just know, and then I feel very hurt if you just don't know. But it's just not the standard of healthy living. It's not the standard of powerful living. Mm -hmm. Powerful living does not expect the other person to know. Yeah. And to truly be self-differentiated, to truly be in charge of ourselves, there should be a lot of communicating needs. Wow. There should be a lot of this, this isn't working for me. Um, I need this. I feel this. And no one, no one, if, you're, if your spouse was healthier, if your spouse was this, if your spouse was that, <laughs> it still would not develop it in you. And so if we're waiting for somebody else to change, for ourselves to live powerful, it's, it's really just pointing us back to, I am my own problem. So every relational lid we're feeling right now, every place um, that we're bumping up against powerlessness, that stuck feeling, it's really those places are our opportunity to become loved. What would a loved person do? What, how would a loved person bravely communicate? Wow. Yeah. How would a loved person bravely communicate? You know, I just, it goes into what we, we started out with, with after, you know, the love is patient, it goes through all that. Love never ends. As, per, as for prophecy, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For we, we now see in a, a mere dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall be fully known, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And we long to be known. And how you're actually called to be known as a grown-up is actually to have needs. And we celebrate 
the supernatural cultures we all live in, these cultures that love to prophesy, these cultures that love to speak in tongues, that love to see the sick healed. We love to see heaven come to earth in those ways. It's so, such a big deal. But we wanna give up the immaturity of, if my leader knew, was, was more prophetic, he would know my giftings, my callings, and I feel hurt they don't call me to be this. The question is, has you ever actually made your need known? Have you ever actually showed up and said, here's who I am. This is actually what maturity looks like. It's what Jen said, it's not the guessing game when it comes to communication. It's not if you knew me, you would know these things. The only way for someone to know you is for you to be powerful enough to show them yourself. Mm -hmm. And that looks like vulnerability. That looks like the intimacy of being connected to be a culture that says, I am naked yet unashamed. I am free to be me, distinct from you, but bringing all that I am to this relationship because I will allow you to see me. It takes the guessing game out of it. And we love prophetic cultures. We, we celebrate them when somebody knows something about me that only God could have told them. But in true next level connected relationships, it's actually your responsibility to be seen. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility to show up and say, here I am, you see me? And this is actually maturity. This is what it looks like for a church, a culture, to move from glory to glory in this place of connected health. Mm -hmm. or we connected with the Father who sees us. He sees us constantly. He knows us constantly. He's everywhere. But with our relationships with each other, it takes bravery to actually show them who we are, which takes this place of connection and this place of vulnerability. I'm gonna show you me. Mm -hmm. And we, have to, we get the opportunity to take ownership of this. Because I don't know about you, but I long to be known. I long to be seen. And I am so sad in those moments that I feel so lonely and detached. Even when I'm trying to serve, even when I'm trying to lay down my life for others. One of the ways I can actually do it is to be distinct be self-differentiated, and show people me, which looks like truly being connected. Yeah, and you know, in healthy relationships, um, we cannot spiritualize away our needs relationally. Mm. And so no matter how spiritual we come, become, no matter how vibrant and beautiful our relationship with Jesus, we will never outgrow our human relationship needs. It's not good that man would be alone. Yeah. So we have needs for attention, connection, affirmation. Um, all, all of these needs are wired within us and powerful people who have a deep connection with Jesus 
they they're the most clear mm. in their understanding of their needs and the way they go about getting those needs met in a very healthy way not having to numb not having um to create habits that are toxic to our relationships wow. and you know just one practical example recently for me as we close is uh you know i've i've really this year been working on just uh ministering from a more settled security within myself mm. and I've you know been growing in that for years not wrapping my identity around my gifts or my talents or my callings and this year um, you know the Lord the Lord <laughs> um, said you know uh, you you basically uh, reached your cap of what you can get from me in this area of your life and Oof. i was like what he's like yeah you're gonna have to get the rest of that security from the people i've put in your life and i had to do some work in realizing the honesty of oh i have some insecurity um after i speak because my heart is actually listening for very specific people in the room mm -hmm. that when very specific people give me feedback it touches and fills my heart in a different place than the people i'm serving mm -hmm. than than um, a stranger or a student giving me feedback and i was actually listening for my leaders mm -hmm. and i had to realize um the 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 you know owning Oh, I have a need for more feedback from my leaders mm. and they have no idea they wow. have no idea unless I communicate because the things I need Justin isn't gonna need the things I need from my leaders other people in the environment are not gonna need needs will never be right or wrong yeah. they're very individual and personal mm. and so I had to have humility and honesty and ownership and uh, as a loved person that really has nothing to lose because when we're not in a love deficit we can take outrageous risks yeah. and how would we communicate if we weren't afraid of the loss of love wow and so i just had to communicate hey i have just really been noticing i have more of a need for affirmation from you after i speak and i've noticed my heart is always listening for you mm. and it it created um, a greater sense of intimacy um, with one of my leaders in particular and she wow. has um, ha she had no idea <laughs> she, she said well oh my gosh you just always feel so secure and confident mm. I just never thought to say the things out loud mm. that I'm thinking and um, she has she has now after every time I speak she makes sure to be intentional about meeting that need for me wow. and the opportunity for resentment to grow because I didn't own my need. I didn't communicate my need um, is huge. And, and so I think that it's, it's just we, we will never outgrow no matter how confident we become wow. in our relationship with the Lord that I will have needs from the people I'm in relationship with. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. Hey guys, we love you so very much. Yeah. And we just want to end by praying for you. So if you could just maybe put your hand on your heart, if you're at your house or wherever you are, just stand up, put your hand on heart, just in that place of receiving. And Father, we just thank you for connected people.
that we first get our connection by being sons and daughters of you. And I just thank you for our ability to love one another, that we are actually gonna grow a culture that is so healthy by the way we love. And I thank you that by the way we love, there's also a key in saying, I'm gonna be distinct and myself, yet still show up and ask to be known by having needs, by being differentiated, by knowing that love is patient. As I'm patient with others, I'm gonna be patient with myself. And I just thank you for just practical tools to grow from glory to glory. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you that you have made us new creations. So everywhere we learned in, uh, through our story, through toxic relationships, through pain, through trauma, that we're not worth having needs. Wow. That we, we can't even see um, what those needs are because we so learn to live below our identity. Mm. I just ask that there would be healing, Thank that you, there Jesus. would be redemption, that we would have needs not as beggars, but as kings and queens yes. that have a royal identity, that we would navigate our earth, earthly relationships, our earthly circumstances from our home in the King Himself. And so we just bless that place of, of deep internal belonging in Jesus. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We love you, Echo Church. We're proud of yeah. you. You guys are just amazing. Love you.